On November 3rd, 2020, millions of Americans voted in the U.S. presidential election. The presidential election had the highest voter turnout in U.S. history, with over 160 million votes cast. Because of this, many people looked past the congressional elections that took place simultaneously. Prior to the election, the Senate had 53 Republicans, 45 Democrats, and two Independents, Angus King of Maine and Bernie Sanders of Vermont, both of whom caucus with the Democrats. As of the writing of this episode, there are 50 Republicans, 48 Democrats, and the same two Independents. Georgia's two seats were held by Republicans David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, challenged by Democrats John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, respectively. Following close results in each of these elections, runoff elections were scheduled for January of 2021. Ossoff and Warnock are projected to have won these elections, and they will be sworn in after the results of their elections are certified. Prior to the opening session on January 3, 2021, the House of Representatives had 233 Democrats, 195 Republicans, one Libertarian, Justin Amash of Michigan, one Independent, Paul Mitchell of Michigan, and five vacant seats. Currently, there are 222 Democrats, 212 Republicans, and one vacant seat in New York's 22nd District. This race, which is too close to call at the moment, is between Democratic incumbent Anthony Brindisi and Republican challenger Claudia Tenney. Apart from these disputed elections, there were also several very close elections. In the House, Democrat Tom Malinowski of New Jersey retained his seat by 1.2%. Republican Burgess Owens of Utah won his seat by 1%, and Republicans Mike Garcia and David Vallado of California won their seats by 0.1% and 0.8% respectively. But the closest race was in Iowa's 2nd District, where Republican Marionette Miller-Meeks won her seat by a mere 6 votes. In the Senate, Republican Tom Tillis retained his seat against Democrat Cal Cunningham by 1.75%, while Democrat Gary Peters of Michigan retained his seat against Republican John James by 1.68%. Democrats John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock of Georgia each won their elections by less than a 0.5% margin. The House elections in particular saw a few famous candidates. For example, Democratic incumbent Peter DeFazio of Oregon was unsuccessfully challenged by Republican Alex Scarlatos. Scarlatos, a former Marine who came to prominence in 2015 after he and two of his friends thwarted a terrorist attack on a French train, lost the election to DeFazio. More successful was Republican Burgess Owens of Utah, who defeated Democratic incumbent Ben McAdams. Owens had previously played as a safety for the New York Jets in the NFL. Some other candidates were popular, but not necessarily for good reasons. Republican Steve King of Iowa, a representative notorious for his racist and homophobic rhetoric, lost the Republican primary to Randy Finstra, who went on to win the general election. 
Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, a proponent of the QAnon conspiracy theory, won her seat after running unopposed. Despite the fact that no third party or independent candidates won seats in Congress, this election cycle saw many third party and independent candidates put up good fights. In Alaska's Senate race, independent Al Gross earned 41.3% of the vote against Republican incumbent Dan Sullivan. In Arkansas, meanwhile, Libertarian Ricky Harrington racked up 33.5% against Republican incumbent Tom Cotton, making Harrington the best-performing Libertarian Senate candidate in the party's history. In Alaska's at-large House district, Independent Elise Galvin put up 45.3% against Republican incumbent Don Young. In Illinois' 8th district, Libertarian Preston Nelson earned 26.8% against Democratic incumbent Roger Krishnamurthy. I can go on and on about everything that happened during this election cycle, but going over every single race would take way too long. In today's episode, I'll be focusing on the incoming members of the new session of Congress. Some of them are more interesting than others. Some of these new members have broken records, beaten powerful opponents, or are interesting in some other way. I'm going to tell you all about them right now on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 27th episode of this podcast, and I'm so glad you stuck around. Special thank you to Patreon subscriber Sodak Zach. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. Let's start with the Senate. There are nine new incoming senators that were elected this past November. Cynthia Loomis is the only woman entering the Senate, while Raphael Warnock, who is black, and Ben Lujan, who is Latino, are the only two non-white people entering the Senate. Warnock will be the first black senator ever from Georgia, as well as the first Democratic black senator ever from the South. John Ossoff will become the first Jewish senator from Georgia, as well as the youngest incumbent senator at 33 years old, a record previously held by 41-year-old Josh Hawley of Missouri. There are two Catholics, Mark Kelly and Ben Lujan, and one Jew, John Ossoff, while the other six are Protestants. The only special election, besides Georgia's delayed special election, was Arizona's, to fill the vacancy left by Senator John McCain's death in 2018. Republican representative and former Air Force pilot Martha McSally had been appointed to the seat by Arizona Governor Doug Ducey in 2019. In the 2020 election, McSally was defeated by former NASA astronaut and Navy Captain Mark Kelly, a native of West Orange, New Jersey. 
Kelly, the husband of former Arizona representative and Tucson shooting survivor Gabby Giffords, ran on a platform of comprehensive gun control. As his election was a special election, Kelly was sworn in on December 2, 2020. In Alabama, former Auburn University football coach Tommy Tuberville, who previously defeated U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions in an upset victory to win the Republican primary, defeated Democratic incumbent Doug Jones in an election which was not an upset. Jones had really only become a senator in the Republican stronghold state because his Republican opponent in 2017, Roy Moore, literally admitted to dating 14-year-olds while he was in his 30s. In Colorado, Democrat John Hickenlooper, who previously served as governor of the state and ran in the 2020 Democratic presidential primaries, defeated Republican incumbent Cory Gardner. In Georgia, Democrat John Ossoff, a journalist and filmmaker, defeated Republican incumbent David Perdue. In Georgia's special election to replace retiring Republican Johnny Isaacson, Democrat Raphael Warnock, a Baptist pastor, defeated Republican incumbent Kelly Loeffler, who was appointed by Georgia Governor Brian Kemp to fill Isaacson's seat. In Kansas, Republican representative and former gynecologist Roger Marshall defeated Democratic State Senator Barbara Bollier to replace retiring Republican incumbent Pat Roberts. In New Mexico, Democratic Representative Ben Lujan, who was also Assistant Speaker of the House, defeated Republican candidate Mark Ronchetti, a meteorologist, to replace retiring Democratic incumbent Tom Udall. In Tennessee, Republican Bill Haggerty, who previously served as U.S. Ambassador to Japan, defeated Democratic environmental activist Marquita Bradshaw to replace retiring Republican incumbent Lamar Alexander. In Wyoming, a popular favorite in the Republican primary to replace retiring Republican incumbent Mike Enzi was Representative Liz Cheney, the daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney. However, Cheney declined to run, instead opting to run for re-election to the House. The Republican primary was instead won by former Representative Cynthia Loomis. Loomis went on to defeat Marav Ben David, an Israeli-born zoologist and college professor, in the general election. Now, while I have mentioned every elected incoming senator, I haven't mentioned one crucial incoming senator who has been appointed for a specific reason. Democratic California Senator Kamala Harris is the current Vice President-elect of the United States, having been chosen as President-elect Joe Biden's running mate. Upon taking the office of Vice President, Harris will have to resign from her Senate seat. In advance of this, California Governor Gavin Newsom has already selected California Secretary of State Alex Padilla to fill the seat. He will be the first Latino senator from California, as well as the first male senator from California since Alan Cranston in 1993. Now, let's talk about the House of Representatives. 
There are 60 new incoming representatives that were elected this past November. 33 are men, while 27 are women. 8 are black, including 6 Democrats, Nikema Williams of Georgia, Cory Bush of Missouri, Jamal Bowman, Mondaire Jones, and Richie Torres of New York, and Marilyn Strickland of Washington, as well as 2 Republicans, Byron Donalds of Florida and Burgess Owens of Utah. Six incoming representatives are Hispanic or Latino, including four Republicans, Carlos Jimenez and Maria Salazar of Florida, Nicole Maliotakis of New York, and Tony Gonzalez of Texas, as well as two Democrats, Teresa Fernandez of New Mexico and Richie Torres of New York, who is Afro-Latino. The first three Korean-American women were elected to Congress in 2020, Republicans Young Kim and Michelle Steele of California, and Democrat Marilyn Strickland of Washington, who is of mixed black and Korean descent. There are two incoming representatives of Middle Eastern descent, both of whom are Republicans. Stephanie Bice of Oklahoma is the first congressperson of Iranian descent, while Daryl Issa of California is of Lebanese descent. In addition, Republican Yvette Harrell of New Mexico is Cherokee, while Democrat Kai Kahele of Hawaii has native Hawaiian ancestry. If we are considering immigrants to be foreign-born individuals who didn't have American citizenship at birth, there are four immigrants coming into Congress, all of whom are Republicans. Carlos Jimenez of Florida was born in Cuba, Young Kim and Michelle Steele of California were born in South Korea, and Victoria Sparts of Indiana was born in the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic. There are 36 Protestants coming into the House, 14 Catholics, 3 Orthodox Christians, 2 Mormons, 2 Jews, 1 Unitarian Universalist, and 2 Unknown. One person elected to Congress in 2020 has since passed away. On December 29, 2020, Republican Congressman-elect Luke Letlow of Louisiana died at the age of 41 due to complications from COVID-19. The 2020 House of Representatives elections have seen several new records broken by those elected to the House. Republican Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina became the new youngest congressperson at 25 years old, a record previously held by 31-year-old Democrat Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York. Cawthorn, who was paralyzed from the waist down in a car accident, is the youngest Republican in Congress ever, as well as the first congressperson born in the 1990s, having been born in 1995. The first two openly gay black congressmen were elected in 2020, Democrats Mondaire Jones and Richie Torres of New York. Cori Bush, a Black Lives Matter organizer from St. Louis, is the first black woman to be elected to Congress from Missouri. A record-breaking number of women are set to serve in the 117th Congress. At least 141 women will be in the upcoming congressional session, the highest number of King Congresswomen ever. This includes 51 women of color, the highest number in the history of Congress. Approximately 25% of congresspersons will be women in the next session.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I hope I haven't stressed you out too much by talking about the current state of Congress. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long. <laughs>